To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I love Disney. I love walking into the park and going through the tunnel and feeling the magic wash over me. You all know what I'm talking about. I love the smells, the sights, the sounds, and the overwhelming nostalgic feeling I get every time I'm there. I guess you could say I'm a proud Disney adult. Every week, I'll chat about ways to make your next Disney vacation the best it can be. I'll talk to Imagineers who have made dreams become reality. And I'll shed light on all of the ways the Disney company has risked it all to get to where they are today. I firmly believe that dreams do come true by working hard, never giving up, and of course, wishing upon a star. So let's sit down on a bench, look to our left at Walt's lamp in the window, and become proud Disney adults. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Such a gross way to start a podcast. Um, I'm Olivia. I'm your proud Disney adult. Thank you so much for listening. Um, it is a ripe 9.30 p.m. the night before I was supposed to release this podcast. Um, for those that have been listening since the beginning, the handful that I can hold in my little hand, um, all four of you over there, I wish I knew your names. Um, I was releasing my episodes on Tuesday, um, but my other podcast I have, the Salt and Pepper podcast, um, it's a lifestyle podcast, whatever. That's always been released on Tuesdays. So on Monday, it's like my super big podcast day. So I was like, I'll just release my Disney podcast on Tuesdays um, because then I can do it all at the same time. And then I noticed that it was just like way too much. And then I was having to like code switch between podcasts. And then I was recording a Disney one, but like editing my lifestyle one. And then I was trying to focus on like editing reels for my other one and then work on like emails for this one. It was getting very confusing and I figured because I just started the podcast um, and I'm less than like 10 episodes in, I'm like, I'm just going to change the date now before it gets confusing. So for those that are listening, my new episodes are coming out on Thursdays. Um, I also researched the best time to release a podcast. And if you want to know, it's it's between Tuesday and Thursday, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. or something random. <laughs> Um, so anyway, thank you so much for listening. If you are coming back in time and you've been listening to the show for a while, hello from the past. I'm saying hello to you in the future. Um, and so obviously a lot of this Disney news is not going to be as applicable, um, to you in the future. Um, but either way on today's show, um, I decided to talk to you about Genie Plus. To be really honest, this was an episode that I... Um, had kind of been pushing back that I'd been wanting to do because I knew it would be a lot of research. Um, and I was just like, this is actually so confusing. And and to be really honest, there were still things that I was kind of unsure about or I would like, I would say in my head and then realize that it didn't make sense. And then I would have to look it up. And then there were like contradicting contradicting answers. Um, and it gets really confusing because even though I'm a super big like Disneyland fan and an avid goer. I still only go like twice a year. Um, so I hope that's relatable for all of you out there. I've said this before, but I'm not one of the Disney podcasts that is fortunate enough to go like once a month. Um, that's the dream. I mean, I would love to get to a spot where I was going like three times a year. Um, but I don't go in summertime, so it would be all kind of like close together. So 
anyway, um, I was trying to make sure that I had all of the accurate information I could give to you guys because even though Genie Plus has been around for a while at this point, it's still very confusing. And I have gone to the park on two separate occasions and vacations and used Genie Plus and I definitely learned a lot um, and I learned more each time that I went. Um, so I figured this would be a good time to talk about it. But before we get into that, let's get to the Disney News of the Week. Okay, so we have got a lot going on here, so let's just um, let's just do this together, okay? We're gonna we're gonna get through this. So as said last week, just to reiterate a couple of things, um, park hopping will now be changing. You will now be able to park hop starting at 1 p.m. instead of at 11 a.m. Sorry, flip that, reverse it. You will be able to park hop at 11 a.m. instead of 1 p.m., which again is great. I think that's great for the one-day Disney goers. Um, that gives you a little bit more time, or if you're kind of wanting to spend less time in one park, I think that's great. Um, you know, I think eventually we hope that we don't have to do that. But at the same time, it's kind of nice that they can monitor how many people are going to be in the park and whatever. Sometimes you just have to roll with the punches. Um, one thing we talked about last week as well is that Run Disney is officially coming back to Disneyland. Um, they will be back in January of next year. So we still have a full year, but I have decided I'm going to do it with my mom. So that's very exciting. I can't wait for signups um, and it's just going to be so fun. It's been a long time dream and bucket list goal of mine. So that's going to be great. Um, okay, so the Toontown sign has officially gone up. Um, it's looking very cute. I'm very excited to see it. Um, Toontown will be opening on March 8th. Uh, it's very interesting because Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is opening on the 27th of January. So that is very soon in less than 10 days. Um, but Toontown isn't opening until later. So that's going to be interesting for me. I would rather go when all of it's open. So I'm hoping to plan a trip in March. Um, Part of my news for that is it's looking like March is going to be a very busy time to go. I have always felt like March is a good time to go um, because you're kind of obviously you want to be careful about spring break dates. That is like really huge. So I've always felt like it's a really good time to go tail end of February into beginning of March because you're getting it right before the spring break crowd. Of course, you're still going to get kids, honestly, no matter what, like Unless you're going in the summertime, which is going to be even crazier and like stupid hot. So I don't know why people go in the summer. Um, I'm not a big fan of heat. You'll hear that constantly from me 24-7 all day long. So um, I I think March is a good time to go. The blossoms are out. It's really beautiful. Last year we went in March. I would say it was busy um, for sure. Um, I almost think our time going in October for the day uh, was actually less busy, which is interesting because it was during Halloween. But um, March is just, I feel like, a really good time to go before you hit the spring break crowds. But with that being said, seeing that um, Toontown is opening and everything, I've been looking up hotels and stuff, and it looks like they are already booking out. Like, there are hardly any rooms left in the at the Disneyland Hotel. Um, I was curious of how much it would be and all this stuff, and the last, like, room rate prices are, like, $600 a night. So I'm expecting it'll be busy, but that will not stop me from going. Um, so speaking of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, they just announced how they are going to be doing the reservation system for that. Um, so there will be a virtual queue. 
now that's very familiar for us that happened with Rise of the Resistance and Disney World and Disneyland. Um, this has happened with other rides. I personally have never been in a virtual queue. I've never gone when that has happened. I know that there's a lot of mixed things with this because the virtual queue opens at 7 a.m. So I've heard a lot of people talk about this, you know, this idea of being on vacation and whatever. You have to wake up early and you have to be in line to even be able to get it because it opens at 7 a.m. and then it opens again at 1 p.m. So there's going to be no standby line, which I think is just fine, you know, but I think people are going to be very confused. Um, and then you also, which I would do this, you can also purchase an individual lightning lane. So I honestly think that's the way to go because... Yeah, you're going to probably spend, I'm guessing it's going to be $25 on during the opening, like Rise of the Resistance, but at least you are able to get some of your time and not have to wake up at, you know, 6.30 or whatever to get your, to get your place in line. You know, with that all being said, I understand this idea a little bit more when it comes to Disney World, because when I was able and fortunate enough to go to Disney World when I was younger, you know, we would go for 10 days. Um, I know a lot of people will go for a week or two, and I feel like that is more of a vacation. People are spending time at the pool and they're doing more leisurely things. Maybe they're going to um, Disney Springs. Like there's a lot more going on to where it's like, no, dude, I'm not waking up this early. But in Disneyland, I kind of feel like it's different. I feel like there are a lot more people. And I could totally be wrong about this, but I feel like there are a lot more people going like for the day. Like I've done that a lot, like one day people or we have like the annual pass people. I get that we have those in Disney World, too. But, you know, Anaheim is like right in the middle of a city. I feel like people are dipping in and dipping out. Um, I also feel like, yeah, there are definitely people going on vacation in Disneyland. Don't get me wrong. I know people are going for, you know, days at a time, um, but it doesn't feel as intensive as a vacation to me as people going to Disney World. So I could see people being a little bit more okay with waking up this early, but I do love that they're giving, um, they're giving options to both people, people that want to pay and people that don't, and they're giving an option for an individual lightning lane, which if you're listening to this and you don't know what that is, I'm going to dive into that a little bit later in the show. Um, Okay, so Magic Key Passes are officially um, back up for grabs. I know they sold out very quickly when they were um, available. It must have been not even that long ago, last month. But, you know, according to the new news, Bob Iger and all these different things are wanting us to have more options for the Magic Key, which is great. Um, that's not something I'm going to get because I don't go often enough, maybe one day. Um, but I did go on to the Disneyland website for you guys to check it out. And there are still um, Magic Keys available at the time of this recording. And they were open to be purchased um, two days ago. So you have to stay in a virtual queue, um, but mine went really quick in like literally like 20 seconds or something. Um, and they were all available. So if you were looking to get a magic key pass, I would get over there quickly. Who knows how long they were last, but it sounds like they're going to be opening that up to the general public more, which is awesome. Um, so we have a new restaurant coming to New Orleans Square uh, called Tiana's Palace. Um, I feel like that is appropriate. I think we needed one more thing, you know, as we are <sighs> RIP saying goodbye to Slash Mountain, which will be officially closing on Monday um, at the time of this recording. So that's Monday the 23rd. And I'm actually so sad about it. I literally posted a TikTok um, and a reel. By the way, you can follow me on TikTok at the Proud Disney Adult 
or um, on Instagram at the Proud Disney Adult Podcast. Um, and I posted a reel of me literally like seven years old and then like 10 years old um, in front of Splash Mountain with my dad. And it's just, it actually is sad. It's like an end of an era, you know? I am excited for a new ride. It's just going to be weird that there's going to be something vacant there for almost two years. And it's just not going to feel like a Disney trip not hearing Zippity Doodah. Like, where is that song going to go? Like, we need it somewhere else in the park. Um, you know, there, I love that Disney has always stuck to what Walt wanted and he didn't want it to be a museum and he wanted everything to be, you know, changing and growing. Um, but part of me just wishes they would refurbish it and make it all new again. And then the other part of me is like, no, I think it's time we say goodbye to Song of the South for, you know, multiple reasons that we all know about. Um, and it's time that we step into something new and I just hope that they do it justice and I hope it's good. So with that little tangent, you know, they're putting in a new restaurant. It makes sense where they're putting it. Um, and it makes sense when the new ride is done. I think it'll kind of start to like fill in those gaps. So we've got that coming. Um, Fantasmic has been canceled through February 2nd. Um, they didn't really release why they're doing that. I think it has to do with maybe that it's been raining more. Um, I do hope that if I do go in March that that is up. It is by far my absolute favorite show. Um, I mean, honestly, it's a toss up, right? Like when you watch fireworks, you're like, that's my favorite show. And then you watch World of Color. You're like, no, it's that one. But Fantasmic for me really holds a special place in my heart. So I hope it comes back and it's just such a fun show. So love it. Um, the Lunar New Year is kicking off from January 20th um, into February 15th. I saw some little snippets of their outfits and stuff, and it's going to look so cute and fun. So if you're going to be there then, make sure to check that out. Um, okay, so we have a lot of 100th anniversary things. It looks like everything is decorated. Mickey and Minnie are in their outfits. I actually really like the branding. I haven't been shy about this before, but a lot of the branding that Disney does isn't my absolute favorite. I think a lot of times it can be cheesy. Now, I'm not saying like, like, don't, don't fix it if it's not broken, you know, like what they're doing, people like, like I get that people like the popcorn buckets and they like the shirts with like a big Mickey on them. Um, I prefer to get merch outside of the park. I've mentioned this before. Zara, H&M, Mango, like they have really cool like Disney merch for me. There are certain things in the park I do like and I'm pleasantly surprised about. But with that being said, the branding of also how many times am I going to say but with that being said, I swear when you have a podcast in your solo, it's really hard to do just like seamless transitions because at least when you're talking to somebody like I am on my other podcast, there's more like banter. But this one is just like one long sentence. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just saying the same things over and over again. Okay, so with that being said, um, the the branding is actually really cool. It's kind of like a deep royal blue and it's silvers. Um, um, yeah, so you should go on and check it out. Um, but yeah, it's like blues and silvers, very like kind of reminiscent of opalescent, not like rainbow, but just really like shimmery and pretty. And then some of the stuff has like the old fashioned Mickey and Minnie in black and white. And I really like that. Um, so I like that they're leaning into that a little bit more. Um, it feels really cute with that. I mean, you can go online and you can see everything, but there's like so much anniversary stuff. So there's going to be popcorn buckets, like I mentioned before, because like we all know the, the popcorn bucket bandits. 
I'm going to make merch that say that. Um, and like, don't go in line and get a bunch of them and sell them on eBay. Okay. Like, let's not do that. That's rude to the people who are paying to go. And also, what are you doing? Let's not. I'm going to do a Disney X episode. That's one of them. Um, first of all, there's like so much food. There's going to be lemon cake, which looks really good. There's going to be a shortbread tart. And there's like a ton of stuff, guys. Go on and look. Very cool. There's a bunch of stuff. There's like an apple. But I want to highlight a couple of these. And I am not highlighting them to give them glory. I am highlighting them to be like, what is going on? One of these is, okay, the violet pretzel. Cream cheese filled pretzel drizzled with salted vanilla cream and lavender sugar. That doesn't sound gross. But, like, you should see the photo of it. It looks like a cake, like a birthday cake pretzel. I'm not huge into super sweet things, but, like, that's gross. The next one I want to say, I'm not okay with. I, it's, it's insulting and it should not be allowed. Get ready to gag with me. A sp- okay, sparkling grape, first of all. Sick grape. Sprite with grape syrup. Oh, I'm not even done. Topped with a candy strip. If you're wondering what the candy strip is, it literally is like the, um, oh my gosh, what are they called? The like sour candy strips, like the gummy strips. And it's just like draped over the top. (laughs) Like oh so delicately draped over the top. Like, if we're going to do grape sodas, let's at least have them be based off of up, right? Like, can I get it from the person in the back? But if we're we're going to do purple because I get it, it works with the new branding, but it should have been blue. So at that point, just do blueberry, which is just as disgusting. You can fight me on this. It's the candy strip, though. What is that? What is that? What are the things that people say? Like, it's the candy strip for me or like it's giving me candy strip. I don't know how to be trendy, but it looks disgusting. Go on and look and don't drink that. Don't drink that. Um, Everything else looks generally good. OK, but actually one more thing. The churro. OK. Oh, this is like stressing me out. A churro rolled in cherry sugar drizzled with white icing and topped with purple and silver pearls. At a certain point, you just have to know when to stop. And I get it. We're doing like, it's a hundred years. Let's do this. But like, are we doing it's a hundred years? Let's all give people a stomach ache. Like, it's a hundred years. Let's all give people cavities. It's a hundred years. Let's turn everybody's mouth purple and blue it's a hundred years. Let's make people sick just by looking at it. Like we're sick enough just eating the normal churros, you know? Like I wouldn't be surprised if I saw a corn dog rolled in grape sprinkles with blue cream cheese frosting and the stem of it is a grape um, a candy cane, you know? Like, nothing is off limits, apparently. Okay, clearly I'm getting worked up about something. Um, okay, so one of the next things 
that is actually pretty crazy and is going to impact the park. Adventureland is now a dead end. So, you know, before you're trying to go, which I guess you're not really trying to go to Splash Mountain anymore, but like you're trying to go to Pirates or you're trying to go to Splash Mountain or New Orleans Square or whatever, you're going to like duck through Adventureland because if you're going to go to New Orleans Square, you're not going to go through the Frontierland entrance because that's going to kind of kick you over to Thunder Mountain and going to Galaxy's Edge. But I understand why they're doing this, okay? It's because they're trying to finish the Tarzan's treehouse. Indiana Jones is closed until further notice, like big old rehaul, which we all needed that. Like, let's put Indiana Jones to bed because we needed that. But now going to Pirates, you're pretty much going to have to go up and around. And if you're going to go to New Orleans Square, you're going to have to go up and around. And again, we're not heading to Splash Mountain anymore, but it's going to be weird. Like we definitely are in a time of a lot of walls being put up, a lot of just like construction. And it is unfortunate. I will say that like going in March, I do remember there was a lot of construction on Main Street. It, did it change my trip? Absolutely not. Like, I love that they ke- they keep things up and I love that they're doing construction. But it was just like, oh, the view of the castle is different. Or now, you know, when you go into Adventureland, it's like, oh, there's just like tarps and stuff everywhere. So just be warned, if you are going in the next couple months, these things are going to be happening. By the time March comes, though, a lot of stuff will be changing. Splash Mountain will be done. So sad still. Um, Toontown will be up though. I mean, Indiana Jones and Adventureland is still going to go through its moment, but within this next year, just hold out hope and don't let it ruin your trip. Okay. So as far as refurbishments, we've talked about this a ton. Radiator Springs is closed until the 24th. Grizzly River Run is closed for a spring cleaning, all the things. But let's get into today's show because I ranted way too long about delicious sugary treats that aren't delicious at all and are nauseating. So I want to do a very simple breakdown of Genie Plus for you if you are going to Disneyland. This is not going to be very long because there are so many things we could talk about. So what I want to do is I want to do a part one of this, especially because I don't, I know I have a lot of just like new listeners coming in. So I want this to live long and prosper or whatever Star Wars reference instead of Star Trek on my page. And if you hear this, I want you to tag me and I want you to ask me questions. Again, just DM me on the Proud Disney Adult podcast on Instagram and I will answer them. And I will also do a whole show where I answer your questions the best way I know how. Now, I have listened to shows on Genie Plus. I think it's very confusing. So I am going to try to explain this to you in a tactful way, like based off of if you were walking into the park tomorrow, this is what I would do. Okay. So, I hope this is helpful. One, I hope I don't get things wrong, which I might. And this is at time of recording. Things are changing. I've noticed things have been changing. So like take this with a grain of salt, but let's do this. Okay, so one might ask, what is Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes? Are they the same? That's a very good question because that's a lot of people's questions. And that was my question too to a lot of different people who for some reason couldn't answer my question. So I'm going to break it down for you. So we, if you've been to Disneyland in the past, we all remember fast passes. Again, long live and prosper. And you would go and you would get your little fast pass 
little paper tickets and it's so vintage. I love it. And I don't know how it's even vintage now, but it's the best. And I literally still have so many fast passes in my little special box with all my pins. It's awesome. So we all remember fast passes. And what you would do is you would go take your park ticket, you would put it in the machine, and then you would get a time back for fast passes, which meant you didn't have to stand in the standby line, but you could go in the fast pass line, right? And it would say on the ticket from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Now, the biggest hack, which we learned later on, was that you could actually use it literally whenever you wanted because you just couldn't go until the starting time, but they would make you feel like you could only go for one hour. But that's neither here nor there. So with that being said, it's not a joke at this point. That's just what I say. I want you to just picture that FastPass is now virtual, but it's just a little bit different, okay? So Lightning Lane and Genie Plus are two different things. They are not one in the same. And I know it seems like they are, but they aren't. You do not have to have Genie Plus to get Lightning Lanes. But listen very carefully. If you don't want to buy Genie Plus, you can use Lightning Lanes for up to two attractions that you pay for individually. So if you're going to Disneyland and you say, I don't want to pay for Genie Plus because he is a he's ripping me off and I'm and I'm not going to do it. And and Disney is nickel and diming me and down with Bob Chapek. Okay, if you're doing that, then you can get up to two attractions that you have to pay for individually. So I'm sure you're thinking that's not worth it. Well, you would be correct. If you purchase Genie Plus, which right now it's $25 a day per person. If you get Genie Plus, you get access to the 40 rides with Lightning Lane enabled entrances. But this does not include the individual Lightning Lanes. Somebody in the back just said, what's an individual lightning lane? Well, let me tell you. Thanks for asking. That's a good question. Individual lightning lanes means that it's like an a la carte system that you have to pay for separately on top of your Genie Plus. If you want to know how to save money doing these things, head back to my How to Save Money in Disneyland Part 1 and Part 2. I can break it down, but I just don't even want to get into it right now um, because it's just so much. So the individual lightning lanes as of right now that you are paying for separately, Rise of the Resistance in Galaxy's Edge, Radiator Springs Racers in California Adventure. I know that Web Slingers was one and I know Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout was also, but as of right now, from what I can tell, they are not anymore. That is because Web Slinger sucks and Guardians of the Galaxy is awesome and I don't know why you wouldn't have to pay because I would pay. Okay, so how much do these cost? It is subject to change based off of how busy the park is and what time of year it is. But since 
I believe, I could be wrong, if OG people are listening, I'm sorry, but I believe since we did individual lightning lanes for Rise of the Resistance, it's $25 per person, okay? And Radiator Springs Racers is between $12 and $15. When I was there, it was $20. So you want to make sure and check. So just to reiterate, okay, Genie Plus is a it's a type of system within your Disneyland Parks app that will generate there's a bunch of different stuff you get. Okay, it's not just access to 40 of the Lightning Lane enabled entrances. But you also will have it kind of gives you like a tip board of what rides to use. To be honest, I've never used it. Um but you also will get free photo passes, which is amazing. So you don't have to like hold your phone up to the screen at the end of the rides. Um, you just put the code into your phone and it automatically goes to your phone, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, so you will get that. You will be able to do the 40 rides. Um, and then you will also have a thing where you can like generate, you know, what it thinks you should ride next. But I don't think you should do that. Okay. Lightning lanes, if you don't want to do Genie Plus, is that you can get up to two attractions per day that you will have to pay for individually. Now, I know this is different in Disney World because they have very specific rides in each of the parks, but we're not going to get into that because I'm only going to talk about Disneyland. Individual lightning lanes, ILL. So if you ever see that and you're confused what it is, ILL is an a la carte system that applies to Rise of the Resistance and Radiator Springs Racers. Okay. How can we break this down really easily? Because I think that all can get very confusing. One, I will just tell you, you have to just use it to understand it. But it's important to have the Disneyland app downloaded before you go and to look around and kind of practice. Right now, get your phone out, download the Disneyland Parks app, type in Rise of the Resistance. There's going to be a little symbol on the ride when you click on it that says LL, Lightning Lanes. Click on that. You'll be able to see how much it is. You'll see a thing that says book an experience. You're not going to be able to do that. The only way you can book an experience is if you're in the park, okay? So even if you are close to Disneyland or you're heading there, you have to be scanned into the park to be able to book these. That is not the same for a virtual queue, but I'm totally not going to go into that because I'll get stuff wrong. The next thing I will say is the first time you go and you use Genie Plus, just play around with it. If you go, if you're going to get it and you are spending one day there, yeah, a lot of your day is going to be on your phone. That is the unfortunate thing. But I have been and will always be in the mindset that things are going to change. Things are going to ebb and flow in the parks and you either have to go with it or not go with it at all. So if you're going to go with it and not complain and be talking about how they're taking all of our money, you do not have to be at the park. Okay, so if you are going to be there, get your Genie Plus, play around with it. Next thing I will say is in all capital letters from my heart to yours bring a charger, okay? Bring an external charger. Bring two if you have to. 
If you forget it, your phone is going to die. You are not going to be able to participate in Genie Plus if you don't have your phone. They will, however, sell you a portable charger for $30. Go to Walmart if you don't have one. Do whatever you got to do. Make sure that you bring these with you. Um, A lot of people have said they don't love that they have to be on their phones when they're on vacation. I get it. I feel you. Um, I like to make it more of like my phone is kind of my accessory for the day, but it's not something that I'm going to be checking. Like I will use it for my camera anyway, which honestly most people will. They were doing that before Genie Plus was even a thing. I will use it for photos and I will use it for Genie Plus. I do not need to check my emails and get back to people or make phone calls or do any of that stuff. So don't worry about that. Just make sure like you know what you're there for. You know what you're using your phone for. Let me break this down even more for you as you embark on your day. So let's say you're going on your next trip in a week or something and you're going for a couple days and you're like, I've never used Genie Plus before. Again, download the app. Make sure you're familiar with it. You can do an add-on Genie Plus when you buy your tickets, but if you didn't do that, that's totally fine. You can get them when they're in when you're in the park. So just go ahead and buy it right when you get into the park. Um, so how does this work? So you can only use a lightning lane um, for one attraction one time a day. So you cannot get a ton of these. So if you love the Incredicoaster, you cannot get six lightning lanes back to back to back to back. I wish you could, but you can't. So you can only have one lightning lane reservation at a time or every two hours. I have noticed that this works a little bit better in Disney World because you're able to stack things up a little bit more. But what you can do is if you are going to prep your day, which you can go back and listen to my how to do Disneyland in one day episode. If you can prep what you're wanting to do in the day, you can stack things up and make it to where you're able to use multiple lightning lanes back to back. So a lot of times people will do Rise of the Resistance first when they rope drop or right when they get to the park. And again, that's an individual lightning lane, so you are going to be paying extra for it. My biggest tip for you is if you are rope dropping, go standby for the Rise of the Re- for Rise of the Resistance. Go wait in line. And then get a um, lightning lanes for that ride. So then you're able to ride it twice. If you try to go back during the day, it's going to be a two-hour wait. So that's what I like to try and do. That's just a little tip. But let's say you get there, the line is already really long. You're going to pay $25. They make it really easy. You just double-click on your app and you will use that. Right when you redeem your lightning lanes, you are able to get another one. So it's either, again, one at a time or every two hours. Now, the thing about the more popular rides like Rise of the Resistance or I don't know, depends on the day, honestly. And I do think that this is why it is hard to stack them up is that um, times get pushed back further and further. So it could be 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. and You could look at Rise of the Resistance and the next available lightning lanes isn't until 12 o'clock. So the unfortunate part about that is that you can only have one at a time. But if there's a three hour window there, you can get another one. So let's say you reserve Rise of the Resistance at 12 p.m. and it's 9 a.m. At 11 a.m., you can go ahead and get another one. 
So it's really helpful to just be able to keep track of like what you're doing and how you're doing it. Um, I will say from what I've noticed that there is a glitch. Sometimes it will say something's not available until 5 p.m. And if you keep refreshing it, it will go back down. Um, obviously, I wouldn't count on a glitch, um, but that is just what I have noticed from my experience. Another thing about this is making sure that you know when you want to park hop if you are park hopping that day. Now you can do it sooner in the day. So if you are over in, let's say, Adventureland in line for Indiana Jones, you just use your lightning lane for it, and you guys know you're going to go over to California Adventure after, you can go ahead and get a lightning lanes for Incredicoaster or Mission Breakout or whatever you want to do. So you don't have to be in that corresponding park to be able to get a lightning lane. So it's all about just kind of being strategic. Another thing that is really helpful is if you have all of your family with you and all, you want to make sure all of their passes are on your phone, which seems like a really simple thing, but it really is important. So if you have five people with you, put all of their passes on your phone because then when you do the lightning lanes, you can just click every single ticket that's available. We went with friends and we had two separate times and it was pretty easy, but there were a couple times when I would click it a little too late and then that time wouldn't be available anymore. So you just want to be quick about it and if you see a time that you want to do and you're like, oh, it's one o'clock, there's a there's a lightning lanes at 1.30 for Space Mountain, like get it as soon as you can. Um, so I would just make it a habit. Every time you scan in, go ahead and get another one. Like when you're standing in line, and what's nice about that too is like you're standing in line. You're not missing much. It's not like you need to be on your phone when you're walking down Main Street, you know? It's like, yeah, you're already in line anyway. F find a really quick lightning lanes, click all of them, put your phone away. Like it doesn't have to be this whole big thing. Um, you know, again, I think a lot of people have made it this thing like of, I don't want to be on my phone, but like we would be running to go get fast passes and doing all the stuff anyway. So if anything, this has made it easier. Um, you just have to be a little bit more strategic about it. So um, you will be able to scan in your lightning lanes five minutes before time and 15 minutes past. But if it passes that, you will not be able to use it anymore. So it's not like old fast passes where you could use them. Of course, every once in a while, if you like uh, have enough, give enough sympathy to the cast member, we've been able to do that. They might let you in, but I would not count on it. Um, and, you know, they're working right now, I think, on traffic flow when it does come to this. That is why um, magic bands are going to be really nice because what is happening right now, so if you go and you've never been, what tends to happen is, let's say, at Thunder Mountain, you'll go and let's say you have a lightning lanes at 2 p.m. And then you'll go to the fast I almost said fast pass. I'm always going to say fast pass. You're going to go to the lightning lane entrance and you're like, wait, there's so many people in line. But what's happening is like those people aren't in line. It's that one person has six people on their phone and they have to scan in those six people. So eventually when everybody starts wearing magic bands, each person will be able to go through and it's going to be so much faster. But I still think we have a little bit to go until that happens. Um, but I do think it would be worth it to do that because things do start to clog up. You'll also notice, let's say you're heading to Space Mountain, there's going to be like groups of people just waiting. It's because they're waiting for the Lightning Lane entrance. So you kind of just have to figure it out as you go. Um, and then obviously just try to be on time because the sooner you scan it in, the sooner you can get another one. 
So I am going to go ahead and end this mostly because my throat is so dry, probably from being so sassy earlier. Um, and also there is like a lot of minutia and there's so much going on with this that if you listen and you're like, you actually just confused me more, or if you were like, this helped me so much, seriously screenshot this episode and tag me. Or if you're in the parks, tag me in one of your stories, um, saying that you were able to, you know, use my, my tips and tricks and that they really helped you. So That would mean the world if you did that and it would be so cool. So just let me know if these have helped you. Um, And then just some takeaways for you guys. Is Genie Plus worth it? Yes. It's actually crazy how worth it it is. I had a lot of, um, I was very skeptical. Uh, I almost said I had a lot of skeptics. I was very skeptical when we went last year and I was like, this isn't going to be worth it. This is an extra, you know, couple hundred dollars for us to go on this trip that's already expensive. But my mentality, which was and always will be, that we are already paying a lot to be there. And if I can spend less of that time in line, I'm going to pay a little bit more. So just setting that money aside, I think, is important. But it's actually so fast. Like, there literally could be a two-hour wait or an hour wait, and you're going to get on the ride 15, 20 minutes. Obviously, this is going to be very dependent on the day but I really do think it's worth it and they really have streamlined it to where like the people that are paying honestly are waiting in line the least which could be a bummer but it's just true. Is it confusing? Yes but the more you use it the better it is. Practice before you go make sure you have the app downloaded and make a plan for your day. It really does help to have that mindset. Um, Make sure everybody's on your phone all of the tickets are and just make sure you know what you want when you start out your day and that will be really helpful. Bring a charger, prepare to be on your phone, but be on your phone the least amount as possible and you'll really start to get the flow of it. Remember there are glitches, they're still working things out. Always be nice to cast members, always be nice to people there because they're not the ones in charge of this and they're not the ones controlling this. Um, So yeah, Like I've mentioned, if you could just rate and review below, obviously I'm like a wee growing podcast and um, it would just be so awesome if you could rate below and if you could just let me know if any of um, my tips helped you because that would be so cool if they did. So let me know below and then also tag me in your stories because I want to see your Disney vacations and you can also see some fun reels that I'm able to make. So as always, remember to be a kid, find some magic, and never stop working hard. I'll see you guys next Thursday.